by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in Elizabeth Park in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck I call Rising. This Elizabeth Park. That's Elizabeth Park, Chief. I didn't see any park <laughs> around here. No, no. Didn't you see historic Buena Vista? on the way into the neighborhood. What I failed to see was any security keeping us safe, and I brought things into the house that I never would have taken out of my car in a regular neighborhood. I have to say that this the abode in oh, particular... Oh, it's a very nice abode. This Thank particular you. abode is very nice. Yeah. I, I'm a slightly nervous about the, the some rest of the, of the area, but, but it's, it's clearly on the rise. Those voices Bucks you rising. hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm Paul Kuharski. That's John Glennon. We're taking this thing over. <laughs> Can we please? No, guys, do the podcast. Make my day. Make my life easier, Chief. <laughs> this neighborhood is questionable at best. It's uh, we're it's, in North. Nation. It's in the midst of an improve. Buck sees it as being the next uh, 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 12, 12 South. Basically, is what I, you see. I'd like to I would say in like, four years. If you bring in, uh, how many houses you say in the general vicinity? In the general vicinity, it depends on how many multi-dwelling units no, just, we're uh, talking about. Just call each house one house. Uh, I would say on a block, probably 10 or 12. All right, so if they're 10 or 12 and they're X number of blocks, I'd like to be in, you know, at, uh, below the halfway point of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. This appears to me to be house number one. This is tops. Yeah, there's, there's the first no new house. But it's, I am, it's an oasis so really in the desert, the baby. Edge. It's the oasis I mean, in the, the desert. I mean, the investment in 40 years is going to be... Going back to your Egyptian roots, as a matter of fact. That's right. Look at you with the one-liner. In 40 years, it'll be a great investment. That's right. But I did... I was a little concerned as we walked to the back of the house i looked out the right window i pointed and i don't know if you got I didn't there see this. it i'm not sure what that facility is to your right it looks like a cross facility between a dog house and a log cabin you have the ability to get up and look out the window oh, chief this, if you would it, like well, to is, uh, there there like to take right a look there. we can do Dude, this down line. to your right no no straight down to your right there oh dear god <laughs> <laughs> It looks like, it's not a human dwelling. That, it's like I think I saw it in Stranger Things. That is, yeah, that's right. We are uh, we are in the Stranger Things of Nashville. That is my 104 year old neighbor's his shed. His from shed. 1950. But it looks like a person only. But about it's a three shed foot, that comes inches. up to one's hip. Yes, it, uh, it looks like it's a hip a, shed. It's a crawl space <laughs> shed. I think it might be partially constructed of dirt. Okay. I'm, I'm kind. I'm kind of certain it's just like a foxhole. It's just a mound. Therefore, a like lawnmower. It's like a Pueblo, Colorado. It's a, a little bomb bit. shelter yeah. kind of yeah. thing. It's yeah. historic. Historic yeah. Buena Vista. Yeah. <laughs> so right. we're you gonna... can have your podcast back. Thank you very much, Chief. Are you, you both have done podcasts previous to doing this. But this Johnny's this is, not very experienced. You're doing the car wash of podcast today. This, yes, uh, I did the I did the athletics uh, fantasy football podcast oh, earlier really? today. Yeah. A lot of big tips on the new Ooh, Tannehill what the era. Hell, do they want you on their? <laughs> I didn't want to laugh. Well, it, <laughs> they, they, they want to. Here see. are six guys yeah. not to play this weekend from <laughs> no, the Titans they, roster. They, they want to see what the the new era will bring. But Johnny PPR 20, or non PPR in a twenty team <laughs> league, Tannehill should play. <laughs> Hey, you, you can't you bust the, on his numbers for last week. No, his numbers yeah. last week were numbers last week. Now, if you can solid. put those kind of numbers up again. Yeah, then you consider picking him up as your backup and see what he does in the third I game. I mean, seriously, what, 300 yards, yeah, a, couple a, of, couple a couple of touchdowns? Couple of uh, uh, what's everybody's record in the media league? Because I know I'm 0-6. I auto-drafted. I'm better than you. I'll say that <laughs> I'm much. I'm proud of you. I'm, uh, I believe I'm 2-4. and four. 
five. Yes. I had a two-game winning streak snapped when I totaled about 60 points last week. I, I lost this week. I have a great deal of difficulty keeping up. How many are you in? I, I'm in four. That's two, gross. Two of which are money makers. I just lost to you 103 to 76. Oh. Hey, which was pathetic. His first, your win? Your yep. first win. My first win. Wow. Welcome. Wow. That's great. <laughs> That's why you sit on that played, side of the desk. Play, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel a little cowherd. I don't to, like sitting you above You come everybody. over to my neighborhood, and despite the fact that I had a naked kid on acid bust in, you'll feel a lot safer. <laughs> lot safer. Are we place. having PTSD? I'm tied. I still I'm, have some. I'm, on some Halloween night, effects. I'm going to his basement as a naked. I don't have any basement. <laughs> and run, and run I have. Uh, I'm tied it. for second with a five and two record. I'm tied with Davenport and Beauclair. Which and Davenport? I beat, uh, Tehran. Are they both in there? Yeah, no, Don's I guess not in Tehran the is in. Tehran's in the league, right? Tehran's in the league. Yeah, but Don not Don. isn't. I beat Beauclair recently, and we're tied at five and two, and we're all behind Gary Glenn, who somehow. Uh, is always in first place. He had a heck Team of an rising auto draft one year. and six at the bottom, and he Didn't beat he? me. Yeah, huh? GG had a heck of an auto draft this year. He usually auto drafts. He's very busy. He's always got something going on. It's really remarkable. Sweet, sweet justice. Yeah, Rex Road takes it entirely too seriously. Yeah, Just Glenn, as he takes the media basketball league that Paul was not invited to. I was not invited to the seriously. media basketball league. He doesn't know me well enough to know that I really like to be invited. To things only to say, only to say sorry, no. I can't make it. No, I agree. There were only thirty-three people invited, so don't take it 33 personally. Thirty-three people. How can you find thirty-three people? That, well, Most Nashville media outlets outside of yours, which is growing, Buck, and yours, which is doing well, mine, which is a one-man operation, <laughs> and my radio station, which is doing well, but everything else is shrinking, and he still finds thirty-three people. But well, there's a difference though between invitations and takers. We had thirty-three invites. Four people what kind of batting up. average is that? Let's do, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, do the math my, for us. My really app. Yeah. Perhaps better That's than the Yankees. Not very good. Yeah, better than the Yankees uh, with runners in scoring position. <laughs> That's a 121 batting Ooh, average. Oh, man. Ooh. Man. It's a Way slow to go, start. Rexy. Yeah, we, uh, but let's say uh, that's enough about Rexy. He can have his own podcast. Uh, he has had his yeah. own I'm podcast, sure which he's you can check out back in the time. archives if you rate, review, uh-huh, and subscribe. Yeah. Pump, yeah. pump it up. Basically, he's got a podcast with you ongoing because you two have like conversations on Twitter as if you're on the phone. You know you can mute people, right? Yeah. But here's here's my question, though. Young young Buck, as is a, is a young lad, he's got no responsibilities. None. He's got plenty of free time. Rex Rhodes... A, a, a husband and a parent of three people, yeah. and I never see him leave Twitter. What, what, what's happening with these kids? He out does there? live there. His kids he does are also live there. On. I know. And then he's then he's going out playing basketball today and what? His whatnot. kids aren't like, talking to him. And it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what's but going see, on. yeah, a, a father of three assumes that the three want to be around dad. At His this kids age. are old enough that they're not interested. <laughs> kids are all like what? Under, I mean, Simon's approaching that. Joe Rex wrote as a goober. Outside of that, I don't know. I don't know how much cool dad. But just has reduce it. the conversations on Twitter. The, the like have, have four back and forths, and then that's a limit. Take it to text. Who the, no road has? Listen, you feud with people on a Twitter. Feud is a feud. I, I, I'm not feuding. Like if Johnny and I start to have a Twitter conversation, we never would do that. We text. That's fair. Yeah. There are the, so it's too conversational. Brutal. Yes, but right. you enjoyed the Justin Beasley. Uh, Twitter. Uh, well, I enjoyed somebody having a fight on Twitter uh, between multiple media people, not including one you. of them in quotes. Um, without <laughs> one of them is one not of him. Them not being the me. disrespect. Yeah. That's what I tweeted him. I said, "This is great. There's a media fight, and I'm not in it." <laughs> well, what, what do we? Th- it's, I mean, I'll, I'll just toss this out there. Speaking I of, I have made the invite for him to join me. On no, the no, 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 no. Uh, speaking okay. of said said Justin Beasley, he seems to be a guy that's kind of like taking on a uh, a Koharski esque. Uh, a persona of, of late. He just seems to this be like This is the a, kind uh, of generation that you've bred. 
that I've bred. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to have some stripes to to. Is he trying to off. gain stripes? You don't gain stripes by popping off. First, you gain I stripes. I did. What do you mean? This is how we're sitting. It's literally, in his my career. Today. Yeah. I'm just yeah. loud on Twitter. Well, I could it. argue with uh, with your credentials to do so. I suppose. <laughs> Yet you um, sit here and speak on his microphone. You're most welcome. Yeah, to do but so. at least you got to come in with some. Uh, Respect. Respect. Uh, not not just for for other media, long-standing media types, but for the people that your uh, gibberish might be about. Yeah. You know, well, and that showing was... face and doing some uh, legitimate, having some legitimate conversations and asking some legitimate questions in front of some legitimate people. I think he, and I don't know him well, and I don't pay much attention to him, but he is the last guy, the most recent guy, to ask either the uh, favorite Christmas present or <laughs> favorite Thanksgiving dish or favorite Halloween costume question. I don't recall which one, but he's the most recent guy to have done that. I, I bless Eric Bacharach. And we're, I swear we're going to get to Titans conversation here in a second. You guys send in a bunch of mailbag questions. We'll do three of the best of them. I know that the mailbag questions are not everybody's favorite. I bet they're not. The I, I bet they're not very good. I bet the best three are not that good. Mike Miracles does a pretty good job, and he had a pretty good question. Oh, all right. He well, if you're getting nice quality one. like that, that's different. We're getting quality. It's a, this is a quality product here. Too. Well, he's not a fan. Right. Uh, I mean, I think he's, he's a fan, he's your a, average, a very well-educated, intelligent he's blogging. A, yes, you know his stuff's he's really closer good. to very us good. than very he good. is to general to them, Gen Pop. Say it <laughs> to Gen Pop. So we will talk about the Titans here in a second. But I, you know, I mean, it is. To watch Eric Bacharach, because I want to talk a little bit about journalism with you two guys, too. You come from newspaper. It's why I enjoy the podcast format, because we can talk about a bunch of different things and get different perspectives from people who I get a chance to talk to. Is, Unfortunately for me, it's you two slaps. Is, is your but, audience going to know what a newspaper is? Uh, is that, it's it's a 50-50 proposition. Okay. Right. I mean, they're disappointed to have okay. a couple old guys on here instead of Tajay Sharp. Oh rapping. Oh, boy. Telling them to stay in You're the right. They, re- they they enjoyed Tajay Sharp's rapping as much as they enjoyed you and me talking about Bruce Springsteen for 20 minutes. Well, that was your doing. You steer the ship. As it was my doing to talk to Tajay Sharp about uh, rap. No, which was a bad Get him choice. out of the rabbit hole, Buck. Get him out of the rabbit hole. He's going down. Uh, what the way that the the and we don't have to, it's not necessarily a shot at the Tennessean, just the trajectory of newspapers in general. Because, Johnny, you're working on the internet now. Paul, you started your own site and you have the radio show, sure, but it's a different method of distribution for both of you. I know Tennessee and obviously doing digital things, and you were writing for Titans Online before that as well. Went and crossed over to the other side. You bet. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> I don't blame necessity. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. Guy's got to do what a guy's got to do. Amen, brother. Uh, but what do you make of the way that people are now consuming your content? Because it's definitely changed. Like, you know, my audience knows what a newspaper is. But <laughs> as far as you know. Damn sure none of them are getting it. Sure. Uh, they they get the athletic, or they get the notifications from CNN on their phone, or all or the athletic app, or paulkaharski.com. What have you guys kind of made of the transition, seeing as you both have gone through it, and now you know you're on the other side? Well, I don't care uh, where they're consuming it or how they're consuming it. I care that they're consuming it. But has it changed the way that you've had to 
put out your content because it's I mean there are a lot of the same people still reading you well you're, I mean you're pushing out on Twitter first and foremost hey here's something new so that's how most people are finding out about it via Twitter and via Facebook generally speaking so you're still putting stuff on MySpace that's you? different little no, who's your top no. friends my band <laughs> announcements I put out on MySpace what was um, your what was your song did you have a MySpace page I, I I did, but I don't remember any of that. Don't lie stuff. to us. I don't know that I had a song. <laughs> I really don't. Um, Mine so was I mean, swing how, by how you how you point people to your stuff is is different, and this idea that you need some big backing is different. A to Z doesn't need some giant platform owned by somebody else. I don't need some giant platform owned by somebody else. Um, people are I willing do, to pay apparently. for better, better stuff for, for the athletic where you're willing to pay. And PaulGarski.com. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was saying, be it, be it a very small niche like mine, be it something like the athletic where you can get these, these good guys in Nashville and somebody like we were just talking about who I really like in New York, Lindsay Alder, who, who has, has really changed my perspective on the Yankees with the really good work that she does. People are waking up to spending on that. And if you're going to spend, frankly, your money's better spent on that kind of stuff than it is spent on, on the Tennessean whose best talent has left for places or landed at places like those. I left the Tennessean in 2008. Yeah. You know, it, it's... Uh it's interesting too i think um you talk about paying you know i can remember uh, years before you left when or, or right probably right around the time you left at espn when you would start putting links up to stories from you know other other affiliates right, about the titans i did a thing right. called uh what was it called reading the coverage reading the coverage yeah but even back then uh, you know, there would be a very uh, an occasional pay website, and, and I can remember you saying, "I'm never going to link to somebody's paywall. Right. I don't want to link to yeah, somebody, and then they're going to have to pay." Right, exactly, and that shows you just how much times have changed. Now is that basically, if you if you had that rule now, there'd be very little of any kind of content. You know that that should be referencing and to not the best content. The right, news but, business blew it. Right, they needed to find a way, and they didn't early like iTunes did, where mm -hmm. there was a micropayment system. To not give away all the stuff And if you wanted to read free, this right. headline, you'd pay, what, 15 cents, 25 cents, sure. whatever, at a time for bits and pieces of what you wanted to digest. And it would have saved the news business in a different way. And places like the, you know, places beyond the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal, and the LA Times would have survived in a different way. But even But they weren't proactive enough to, to do it. And so Sports Illustrated's dead, as we know it. And all these other places like the Tennessean are, are not near what they were. And I would venture that uh, I'm probably getting as many clicks on, and I'm not a click-based business. I'm a membership-based business. But I would think my daily stuff and Eric Bacharach's daily stuff, I'm probably doing just as well, if not better. Well, I mean, the, the Tennessean, and I'm, I'm not going to take the turn down bitter street here since do it I, johnny no, Be petty. No. i'll do it for you but I, you know i i think they they made some pretty significant decisions after post Wyatt, after jim wyatt left and, and, and you had your most experienced outstanding uh you know unbeatable local reporter covering on the titans it kills and, me to not know that jimmy 
it's uh, it's incredible. Well, you know how hard he works sure. now, and how much how productive he is. Well, if you took all that focus and put it on breaking news, that's what you would that's what you would get. And and it was incredible to watch. And you, they, you and I both know that because we both worked alongside him, and it was not a bad job to have because virtually every huge news story that came up, he would say, "Yeah, I'll take this." Like, all right, okay. You, we were writing the secondary ahead. stories, the follow up stories, the. Uh, you know, spinoff stories, right. all of that kind but, of stuff. But yeah, to to finish what I was uh, uh, my point there, you know, they they kind of made a decision that they were going to go in the direction of guys who are maybe some some you know some nice writers, but didn't really have local ties, didn't have big followings, and weren't necessarily the bulldog reporters. And I think that's what people were so used to with Jim Wyatt area. for so many years at the Tennessean. And I and I, I still think there's you know a, a semblance of the Titans fans that are saying. You know, where is some of the, more of that dogged uh, style reporting that, that we used to see? And, and I'm not trying to throw shade on, on Eric or, or Jason before him. I'll throw Paul. shade at Jason. <laughs> can I, can, can you I, can't come in and say I'm a reactor to the news when there's a guy like me in the market who's a reactor to the news at ESPN yes. who covered the team already. Yes. Yeah. So when, you're going to come in and be a smaller version of me? The happiest, when you're replacing Jim Wyatt? The happiest, ver- the happiest I've seen you is when you guys got the opportunity <laughs> to unfurl the banner. What's what has joy? since happened yes, please. to the banner? What, what's the story on the, the banner? Because you got to pick. The banner is in a secure location. No major decision has been made. Is it in that shack? And right, we are now? <laughs> right, right now? That is not a secure location. <laughs> okay. And I don't think that's a waterproof location. Again, right. shack is very kind. We <laughs> yes. are um, looking for a charitable idea. Um, to execute with the banner. See, even in the pettiness, there is chari- <laughs> the charity heart. to be found. But I think Thank it was a, an incredible Jonathan. midday 180 flex that we were able to obtain the banner. And I will say, we offered, I offered four figures of cash money. No, I remember this. For LLS in the name of the Tennessean in exchange for the banner. And here's another Tennessean making a bad decision. They decided not to do it. And here we have the banner anyway. <laughs> so were, were the were the uh, banners just up for grabs? I mean. They were by my old apartment. When I moved from the Gulch, the Tennessee and the old Tennessean building yeah. before they just recently moved. Right. Uh, I passed Jason Wolf every I mean, day they were up there on the way to and from didn't work. Eat breakfast before that. Uh, voices <laughs> voices wow. in our community. Mm. Yeah, Jason I mean, Wolf. when I think community, I think Jason Wolf, not yeah, we're going down a rabbit hole, Buck. Get us out. Get See, us out. Johnny. Come Johnny on. warned me. He goes, "We're we're gonna we're gonna go down various rabbit holes. It is incumbent upon you <laughs> to drive this show." And so, I mean, while do Johnny's that. doing, it. <laughs> oh, John, help me. Johnny has help to, me. Chief. You came in here and grabbed the microphone, and then it was the pod, your <laughs> yeah. podcast. That's okay. It's true. Uh, so let's talk briefly about the Titans because that's as good as, as a transition as I'm going to be able to make at all of this. What you have seen over the course of the change of the quarterback through seven games now, Tannehill playing arguably, I think what I think Corey Curtis has the, had the stat. It was his second highest QBR, uh, at least when throwing for 300 yards. Like Ryan Tannehill looked legitimately good. The course of this season has been dire, it feels, at times. Is this any more severe than it's felt with for you guys covering teams in the past, versions of Titans teams at this point in the season, because this it felt like, I mean, it felt like they were sinking 
and people were call, people still calling for Mike Vrabel's job at two and four. I, I think not only were they sinking and not, but they were they were slowly fading from people were disappointed and angry to apathy. And that probably for any sports team is the is the worst thing that you can deal with. But you how know? different? I don't is think that? they had crossed that, but they were on the but, verge. But they of were moving it. in that direction. Just uh, you know, this There's team is never going to be better. Yeah, um, and and worst of all, I I think too, it's one thing to be a bad team if you're losing 31 30. 40 to 35 like the charge or 45 nothing uh, yeah, well yeah, yeah exactly if, if they're the awful and you can they're immediately switch to the number one pick chatter that that's one thing but this this team was just there they were just so lifeless uh such a lack of energy and you know 10 quarters they had a total of seven points you know even i think that the biggest marcus mariota supporters recognize that there had to be some attempt uh at, at a spark at a change you know you look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers, and a lot of those numbers are almost exactly what Marcus Mariota has produced over the years. But still, you you would reach the point where you had to change. If you fall two and five, you know I'm not going to say the season's over, but you're, you're, it's it's pretty close to irrelevance at that point. Three and four for for whatever reason, it's one game difference, but that sounds a lot different. Uh, um, so I, I I think it just it just had to be done. And and Joe Rex wrote wrote a good column the other day. What Ryan Tannehill has done is he has offered hope that there there is maybe a light at the end of the tunnel, and and maybe this is a different Ryan Tannehill. You know, I, I kind of asked him this question the other day. I said, you know, is there anything to be said for uh, the fact that this is a, a clean slate for you? You're not the guy who was the first round pick who was supposed to be the the future of the franchise, the cornerstone. You're not dragging those expectations around, and you know he he didn't really think too much of it but I, I think there naturally has to be it's almost if you look at Mariota maybe going to another team next year it would be a similar situation yeah. for him I, I don't buy it so much for Marcus and here's why this was a milk toast offense oh worse than milk toast. okay but where's soggy, that come from? soggy milk toast where oh. does it come from the soggy milk toast the quarterback is a soggy milk toast guy <laughs> I'm sorry I like him a lot personally no, I too. know but it, the leadership on a football team comes from the quarterback, and he, he's not a juice guy. He's not a juice guy. And we watched a guy drop back and throw the ball decisively with zip and generally avoid sacks and pressure. You plug the guy into a system. Now, Blake Bettingfield says they were running different routes or guys were running routes that fit their strength in a way they weren't necessarily running them before so that's interesting to me if they change those things up but whatever whatever the difference is the guy threw with more zip more authority more decisiveness and everybody played better around him well you you tap into the tank of the quarterback and there was nothing in Mariota's tank the Tannehill's tank is full there's something to draw on there the, period the that's, ball that I saw him zip into Corey Davis for the, the touchdown. middle of the field there between two oh, defenders and the other one the 38 yard he game. Threw which a was a small right. window and right. Davis said I thought it was a small window and then I looked at it on the iPad I love that they all say iPad even though it's a surface yeah. so surface gets screwed <laughs> out of that sponsorship thing because everyone calls it an iPad you can only throw so much money at a problem right. just a quick right. side thing it's okay but bro. then he we'll looks at it, it looks at it on the iPad and says it was even smaller window than I yes. thought well, and these guys and Brown says Run it through the receivers. We're going to give it the shake. Davis says at a certain point, you have to give us a chance. 
all these things are, are not, they're not trying to veil things about Mariota. They're just stating facts. Finally, stuff's flowing through us. You're giving us a chance. Marcus I mean, wasn't making those stuff. You, you look at the, the number. I mean, you, you talk about the emotion and, and so forth, but you look at the numbers, plain and simple. Both of those guys had their season high, six catches, both Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Humphreys, too, probably at four. He had four. I think he's had some more, but but he's not the big play guy. He's right. not the big four chunk guy. Four for 40s, nice from him. And the third down, that's what they want him to do. The that's third exactly down conversions are what they're paying him they, to do. And, Finally, and, we saw it. And, and that's another good point, too. Third down conversions, they had two third and 11s and a third and 14 that they converted. And those um, have killed those them games. all season those long. Absolutely if you had a third them. and seven, you were dead. Right, exactly. Now they're I, I converting third and plus, ten. I'll, I'll, I'll toss some more numbers out here. I looked up. He's third, got the legal yeah. pad, third folks. And, uh, third, third and 10 uh, plus yards going into that game. They were four for 31 going into that game. Uh, and they got three alone in that game. They converted, I think, five of their six last third down attempts. And I think either all of them or all but one were Ryan Tannehill throwing for them. So and there's, that also there's a difference. Stats because the defense gave up a third and 14 or a third yeah. and yes. 13 or something that sure. was a killer play by Rivers. Sure. But if you're getting three of them, it doesn't hurt right. as Right, and, and he's more willing. He's just – whether it's arm strength – Personality, confidence, whatever Not been it is, dragged down by all the weight of all that stuff. Right, he, he is more willing to take those chances. He is more willing to throw into those tight windows, give the receivers the opportunity. And and Marcus just, you know, I, honestly, you you sometimes wonder about Marcus with with the nerve situation, whether that arm strength. It's all significantly he throws a hugely interceptable ball. Yeah. And, and, he never, and make that, no that mistake, was, some of this Tannehill stuff that you're talking about is going to get intercepted. Sure. There are going to be yeah, more interceptions. Yeah. That's going to be the Absolutely. downside of the upside. Right. But you'll take it, right? Even that interception that he threw, which wasn't really his fault, right. could have been disastrous. But you'll take it in exchange for the good stuff. Especially when you've got a pretty good defense anyway. But, you know, let right. them play defense a little bit from time to time. Which but, is what happened at the end, which is not the scenario you drew up at all. So what – now happens with the trajectory of them because the expectation seems to have changed. I'm trying to tell people because I do a lot of dumb stuff on Twitter. Johnny knows this. But <laughs> what was that you said about your voice this morning? Sounds like sex, especially in the morning. <laughs> I we was do not want to know what time anything is happening. Thank you. 4 a.m. here oh, at, boy. At, uh, at Mount Rising. Oh, I was trying to tell people because the stats came out about Tannehill, how well he played, how well he performed, and how it was one of his career games. There, That's peak Tannehill. Right. And I feel like people's expectations have now changed. That, have that's you, baseline Tannehill. It's not baseline right. Tannehill. But all they need is baseline quarterback play. If the defense they have plays, other stuff. Look, what Johnny and I talked about this a ton. The, the stat is 22 points. If they score 22 points, they win. Even yes. 20? They're like, yeah. I think they're 23-6 and six over the last four years when they hit 20 points. And I think if they hit 22, they're undefeated yeah. In, yeah. since 2017. Mm-hmm. So just get, you know, get three touchdowns, get two touchdowns and two field goals, and right. take your chances. And he should be able to get them that. And he didn't have to throw for 300 yards to do it, but he can throw for 300 yards a lot easier Without you feeling like he's done a whole hell of a lot. If Marcus throws for 300 yards, we're looking at each other in the press box like, he's done a lot of work. This is yeah. taking a lot of effort. And it's also, more likely, a it's also more likely that they were 
two touchdowns or three touchdowns down, and he was throwing because of that. Whereas this game, right, the was Jacksonville even game, though, where he threw for sixty-three yards in the first half, Marcus Mariota three right. for three hundred yards, still winds up around that wasn't a three hundred yard right. game. You know, right. that's not a legit three hundred. The stats it, are the stats, but that's not a three hundred well, yard. Well, and it's, it's people because pointing, circumstances put him in right. that situation, and people looking at the interception numbers because the, Mar- the Mariota stands still. Excuse me, stands still exist, and they're loud. And I understand that people are fans of the guy, sure, but to I don't know, to totally downplay or downplay the situation. I mean, I felt it for the first time because I've been doing this now. I've been here for four years. I've been coming to stuff at the Titans facility for three. And this was the first year where after Denver, I was so angry with how they played, what they did to my damn Sunday. (laughs) And it's hard for me to balance that sometimes. And then to watch, I mean, that's one of the most fun games I've watched them play. I don't understand the people who refuse to ignore the facts, and I do mean you people, and ignore what their eyes are telling them in front of them and saying, no, Marcus Mariota, look at him, he's not being intercepted this year. He's uh, The situation around him is bad. Uh, the offensive line, he's getting beat to hell out there. Multiple and the offensive things. line gave up two sacks on Sunday, but it wasn't because somebody was holding the ball for four seconds. Multiple right. things can be true. And uh, we've mentioned Rex wrote a bunch here. I don't want to overhat to Look at him. you. He wrote, you a fan? He, he wrote a good story um, that quoted, went back and quoted Rabel's introductory press conference. And, and, and I'll go back further to Robinson firing Malarkey at which, how many times did he say maximize? At least six. You know, the whole thing with Malarkey was that they failed to maximize Mariota. And then Vrabel came in, and what did he say? He said, you know, I've got a, the whole thing is about my relationship with him and the relationship people's ha- people have with him that I bring in, and we're going to craft the best possible thing for him. And that's the first time I felt badly about the whole thing because I don't – certainly they failed Marcus Mariota in a number of ways. Yes. But ultimately, it still is on him. Despite all that you, stuff, you're allowed to complete a screen pass. Right. Despite all that stuff, you can't throw that short pass to Delaney into the ground. All or of not that create swing. your own pressure when there when there really isn't much pressure to be had. Absolutely. In when, but when did this team two. do the best it could by him? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean he was going to be good or lead this team to the promised land. I gave that up the middle of last year. And up until then, I said consistently, I thought he had the skill set and the mindset to be a winning quarterback in this league. I gave that up the middle of last year where I just stopped seeing it and i stopped believing yeah i think when you're the number two pick in the draft overall there have to be some time and you and your quarterback there have to be some times where you carry your team despite make the fact, people better right despite the fact yeah that, that the offensive line is struggling despite the fact that your receivers aren't getting open well enough there have to be some games where you have to be magical yourself and people have to walk away and go man but marcus Mariota, you know we can get it done. He's he's the guy. And and there just weren't enough of those, you know, the variables around him, I think, affected Marcus too much than you would like. Like Bettingfield, who writes at my site, who scouted for them for 19 years. PaulKarski.com, hugely a, successful. Was a huge, uh, huge. Was a huge Mariota backer. Sure. Said the last line of his report was, don't mess with him at offensive coordinator to keep the system the same, all of that stuff. But I'll ask him, like, who did he make better? And he'll say, well, Delaney. Well, Delaney wasn't a pass target in San Francisco. So he came here. I think he would have been good no matter who the quarterback was if you put him in the circumstances he was put in here to be a receiver. 
There's no receiver here that was better because of Marcus Mariota. And we might be about to see just how good Corey Davis can be. I'm very excited. And and the whole fifth overall draft pick with Corey Davis, I know pe- I mean, we all know people here locally whose name shall not go mentioned because they've had their name mentioned too many times uh, recently, um, but would call Corey Davis a bust. And I said the only way that Corey Davis had, because I got, I, I, not to, uh, not to give myself a plug, but to go back to this summer, I got the opportunity to watch him work out with a bunch with the guy who a bunch of them were working out with. And I watched this dude just simply going through standard wide receiver workouts, but a little more in depth than we see at practice. I go, there's no way this is a bad football well, player. I still need nine games of evidence to exercise the fifth year option yeah, and, for and, a number five pick. Right. The most and, telling thing though, quickly, Johnny, if I can, the most telling thing to me was when you, Paul, asked him last, Mike Vrabel, last week at the press conference about him starting in his press conference, maximizing Marcus Mariota. How have you done about not running into eight-man boxes? And Mike gave a surprisingly revelatory answer, maybe not revelatory, but certainly something we weren't uh, expecting, in that he thinks that they've done really well running into eight-man boxes. And as detailed if, the plan to run into exactly. them instead of to throw over them. It right. was a little Deshaun Watson-esque, like he's explaining to us in finally giving some kind of answer mm-hmm. as to why they're being limited the way that they are. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he's just telling us, no, this is, this is what we're having to do because of the quarterback play. Yeah, I was just going to make a quick point about Corey Davis. To me, I think, and, and this has probably been discussed before, uh, a little bit of the uh, the mindset, I, I think, um, is what I wonder about Corey Davis, if, if that will ever translate into a, a top number one receiver, uh, just because I think sometimes maybe the, the confidence ebbs and flows with, with Corey Davis a little bit. What I like now is you've got on the other side of him, A.J. Brown, a guy who's does not lack for confidence, Swag. a guy who has that, that alpha dog mentality. So I wonder in some ways if that actually helps Corey Davis. He is not now, or, or maybe in, in time, will be expected to be more of almost a 1A with, with A.J. Brown, Brown being the uh, the number one guy there. So maybe maybe that helps him out. Here's one note on the stacked box. Eddie, ah, he, Eddie oh, George, I thought it was Eddie a George, No, Eddie George was on with us on Midday 180 today and will be Tuesdays the remainder of the season in what was Logan Ryan's slot. And he said, um, sometimes you run against the stacked box because you don't want a defense to dictate. If a guy's unblocked, deal with it. Create a mindset. Create a culture. Now, that's a guy from a different era who was a different kind of back. But if you're asking somebody like Eddie George about running into a stacked box, that that's what he's thinking. I don't think this team is is really equipped to create that mindset and that culture Doesn't with Taylor like Lewan getting false start and Roger Saffold getting pushed around and, and Derek Henry getting hit early and going for uh, negative runs or no gains before this week 28% of the time. You've not done very well at creating the, but, the culture and the mindset. Right. But speaking of culture and mindset and, and Eddie George, let's remember that I, I think it was Eddie George and that conversation that he had with Derrick Henry that last year going. that went a long way in towards motivating Derrick Henry and really focused him in a, in a way that perhaps coaches and maybe some teammates didn't. And he's been better. But still, he's kind of getting off a little bit scot-free when I say tw- – I don't know what it is after this weekend, but 28% of his runs before last weekend 
were no gain or worse. He gets more benefit of the doubt. He gets a lot of benefit of the doubt in this market. People want to love him. They look at the mighty giant, the Alabama guy, and they want to marvel at it. And there's so much else to complain about. Uh, The offensive line. They they, they want to say that the offensive line is terrible and that factors into Derek. Which is true. To extent, yeah, when you when you look at how quickly he's getting contact compared to a lot of, but other you don't runners. hesitate to give Marcus a lot of the fault for the sacks, sure. but you do hesitate to give Derek well, a lot of the fault for the runs. It's odd how everybody picks and chooses. Sure, sure, but when you're talking about Derek Henry, that's point eight of a sure. second before he's getting hit, whereas Marcus is getting three four seconds. Before I don't. He's getting hit. I don't think it's odd at all to see who people have how people have attached themselves to Derrick Henry because of Eddie George, because of where we are in terms of the football community, Alabama, SEC. Like, this is very tribal, the way that it's viewed. And it's been just as somebody who's coming in from the outside, college football doesn't matter where I'm from at all. And to see see how it kind of, it develops that kind of personality, I mean, I think it's it's very telling from the jump as to who people have attached themselves to. There's so many contract questions coming up, and his is going to be the most interesting of all of them because where do he and his agents price him first we need nine games more of evidence but when you look at what gordon's done at what zeke's done at what bell did first off where do they put themselves on that scale and secondly where's the titans line on he's worth up to this much and after that you know, a fifth-round draft pick might be the answer at running back. And also, you presume they're cutting Deion Lewis based on his price tag and how little they've gotten from him. Are they Of all the things they're going to be looking for, are they looking for two running backs after this season? It's conceivable they are. Or is one of them Dalen Dawkins? I, I, that seems crazy. But that running back question and what Derrick Henry's value is perceived to be by the Titans, by him, and by the market is going to be fascinating to me. Uh, it's 100% accurate because, I mean, Todd Gurley is not, he's an exception because of the knee stuff, because of the arthritis. But Zeke got paid, and Zeke looks entirely mortal as somebody who's paying attention to fantasy football for the first fast, time. Fast, fast, fast. It happens fast. Those guys are getting in a car wreck on every play. I do think, though, that if things go to plan, I think they're, they're, they would lean towards extending him. Would you guys? How would you guys feel about that? Depending on what the price tag how is. How long? How much? Along how much? And again, as you said, I want to see more body of evidence for the rest of this season. I think he's still a different runner than we saw early in his career. In that he is not bouncing runs outside, constantly looking for the he's not getting cute. for the big hit. Yeah, he's not getting cute. He's using that six three, two hundred and thirty pound pound frame uh, strongly, but. At the same time, you know, he, he's not ripping off huge gains left and right. Um, and he's catching, not you know, versatile. Catching is susceptible. It's still not very DeMarco suspect. Murray. And, and that, that's another thing, too. I mean, you know, as much as you want to use him in the passing game, it's just yeah, it's just not smooth, you know. And, and granted, you know. Uh, when it goes, it goes. Right, yeah. When it doesn't, it's a drive kill. Right, and and you know Marcus Mariota was at fault certainly in a couple of those passes to Derrick Henry, but we have seen some some critical drops, you know, from from Derrick Henry as well. It's just he just doesn't feel. It was like you know Chris Johnson was a little bit like that years ago. You know, you, you look at the guy, and say, oh my God, unbelievable speed! If we can get him the ball, get him in space, but it just never. You know, he had some he had some decent. He was better than who's been a great screen back here. This has never been a good screen team. Eddie wasn't a good screen back. Yeah, CJ wasn't a great screen back. Well, what's the line from Jeff back? Fisher about his thing de- was you had to dedicate a lot of time to it. 
and that they chose to spend their time really on other things because it was so intricate to get the you had to have the right kind of offensive line and you had to get them out on the move you had to time everything up and that there was a lot of moving parts and you it's had to well spend a Andy lot Reed of time to get that right <laughs> Andy Reid's done well with that over the years right but yeah. he's had the right kind of backs and they've decided hey we're going to be a screen team so they mm -hmm. spent screen time every day the Titans under Jeff Fisher didn't spend screen time every day. They did other stuff. Perhaps you know? they should have. Well, maybe they should have. But Eddie George line. wasn't a great screen back. No, he wasn't. No. So that was probably a good decision. Hey, we're not going to force screens to a guy that's not a great pass catcher. They made the most of Eddie George without him being a screen back. This team's trying to do it with Derrick Henry. You get a 75-yard touchdown once in a while. Sometimes you come out with two drops and a missed throw by the quarterback, and you say, damn, you know, those three wasted screen plays really hurt him. Where do they you think have Bishop Sankey is these days? Bishop XFL, Sankey. baby. Yeah. He got drafted. You know how many Did Titans he... are in the XFL? I don't know. That goes back. Yeah, there's a there's a handful. Mettenberger's out there slinging it. Oh, I yeah. saw Bishop Sankey. Uh, there are a handful of former Titans uh, from not so long ago <laughs> hanging out in the XFL uh, draft. I look forward to watching that play out. They've got a ton of questions, though. It's not just Derrick Henry. I mean, the roster is constructed as such that they have 20 unrestricted free agents at the end of this year. Two of them are quarterbacks. One of them is the running back. Another right tackle who you can have your quibbles with, but he's you're better off with him, I think. Both your right tackles. Uh, and then not Dennis Kelly absolutely playing for a contract as well. I think the MVP on the team outside of the punter, Logan Ryan. Logan and Ryan, and he is slowly pricing himself out of <laughs> Look at Johnny. The guy's been Look a great Johnny player. Johnny pointing fingers. We'll talk Sucking about Sucking up does nothing for me right now, but the guy's been as <laughs> well, good a player as there's been on this team. We will talk about the cancellation of the Logan Ryan show momentarily since Johnny is super petty, and I appreciate that transition. I, I was just pointing a finger. I, I, never, I didn't say a word. But it's a, it's Point a, one at me. There's four more pointing back at you. This, it's why you two are here, and, and this, is, this, this is great. And I wish that we could get Tennessee and why. Like, I want Tennessee and stories from you three. Because, like, I enjoy <laughs> Us it, three? Yeah. Another Wyatt. guy here? Like I'm talking oh, about. No, he's not here. Okay. Rex Road. I'm talking about like old Tennessean stories from when you guys were together. That's why I Good would ones. love to do one of these with Jimmy and the, and the two of you because that's outside a whole, of the Jimmy Tennessean stories anything. were better that's than a whole different inside thing. the Tennessean yeah. stories for us. Jimmy won't say anything. I don't think though. Jimmy will say anything. No way. Not a chance. He's, he takes the high road. I generally take the high road. Paul. But I'll Paul egg him on into the. To, into telling Jimmy Johnny will talk Jimmy no, gets Jimmy there won't talk. Uh, but the the construction of the roster I mean I really do think that by, I, by the way I loved my time at Tennessee I hate what's happened to Tennessee and since it's old I know we're coming back chief I swear we, we got all the time in the world it depends on how much Actually, how much Johnny how many more podcasts Johnny has to do Johnny has to write a, a story for his other Johnny's fine. His Johnny other writes so slowly it's unbelievable it's not, that's absolutely untrue <laughs> oh it's absolutely that's true. well that's that's see that now you you talked about the difference between newspapers and so forth one kind of downside uh for not writing for a newspaper is with a newspaper you always had that deadline absolutely had to have it in for for print yeah. now there's no more print so you have so much time which is good and bad you can spend more time crafting but you drive yourself nuts by by trying to perfect everything and trying to get every little fact and stat in there that you can and the next thing you know it's don't let them yeah. put a, I do it don't let them thing. put you in a creative box i John. do a different okay. thing like like uh, i i know what i'm writing today but is there a certain point today where it really becomes not today but tomorrow and then i haven't written for today but i did a <laughs> podcast and a show today and should i worry about such a thing my people don't seem to really care when it goes up mm. Um, which is something ESPN cared a ton about. Sure. How much is how much is it 
I mean, just to transition back to that, how much has it changed the way that you guys do your jobs? Like how much has your job specifically changed? Because what you're talking about is is a much different situation. You don't have a deadline anymore. People no. consume podcasts just as much as they consume written content. Yeah. Like there are different ways that you can do it. Does it affect the way though at all that you try and go about your job? Because it's obvious, I mean, it's different. It, you know, especially at a, you know, for, for a night game like we've had with for the, for the Titans here recently, you know, I, I think it actually comes in handy for for a night game uh, because, you know, the, the print guys, the Tennessean guys are at ridiculous deadlines. You know, they have to have everything in for the newspaper, you know, probably. Print at six. Yeah, exactly right. Um, whereas, you know, we can spend as much, you know, hours. We're up there at, uh, at two or three in the morning sometimes, unfortunately, and, and, and still writing. So I think in, in those kind of circumstances, it really helps. It It's a benefit to us. But on the other hand, there are sometimes I'm I'm pretty envious of, of the uh, the print guys who uh, have those deadlines are, are you know done at a uh, are time. done whether whether it was the you know uh, the the best thing they ever wrote or not they are absolutely done and, and out the door so uh, it, you know you, you can get a little envious of that but but overall I like the time I like the creativity I like to be able to, to to stay up forever and write the stories and still get them out at you know seven in the morning when when a lot of people start to read that's the only time I feel any kind of uh ticking clock is post game because people um, want to hear the reaction. Um, right. And so you're obligated to get it to them with some degree of timeliness, unless it's a late game like that. And then at a certain point, you know, right. your audience has gone to bed and they're waking up exactly. looking for it. Right. But outside of that, um, you know, I think, uh, if you write something that's interesting enough, they'll get to it when they get to it. I do my retweeting of stuff every night, you know, in the seven o'clock hour, presuming that that's when people are generally in front of their TV and scrolling on their phone. And so it doesn't matter what time you'd posted it. It yeah, matters let them read what it time when you they retweet want. it. Yeah, it's kind right. of self-service, I'll, I'll just like do, the podcast is self-service. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll no. usually do three a day. I'll, I'll tweet in the morning, seven Lunch. to eight lunch and yeah seven eight at dinner too and you figure that that covers most peeps i was terrified to do the streaming show the a to z streaming show at 8 p.m i thought nobody was going to watch me uh (laughs) because i'm doing a show tonight when there's nba basketball on and world series about the nba i care about the nba nobody cares about the world blue collar gold swagger there's a reggie miller court uh street sign behind you i'm very proud of that Wow. Not even swag. looking. Don't even care. <laughs> the disrespect. See the Reggie Miller. What did he do in the 16 seconds or six seconds or whatever it was? Uh, he made the choking sign, uh, which is the only thing that I really it's care. Very about. hurtful. Spike Lee. It's very hurtful. <laughs> uh, but was I was sh- shortly before I stopped caring about the Knicks. <laughs> God, you're a Knicks fan too. No wonder you're so miserable. Thanks. <laughs> But I was terrified to do the streaming show at 8 p.m. Like, I didn't know if anybody was going to pay attention to me. And the, the rate that people will come, especially after that, even though Sunday night football's on, uh, they will come immediately to there because they're already in their phone. And they want to know exactly, they want to know what happened. And it helps that I'm sitting in a stadium like five hours after the fact. But like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to figure out, I guess, what's, what's the best use of my time. Now, obviously, that's a whole different thing because that's, that's just, I mean, that's like the main gig now. Um, but to do that is different from like, cause I was trying, I was trying to learn how to do this job on the fly. They drop, I had no, no business 
You talk about Justin Beasley strike. No business. Being in that locker room the first time I had to beg to come cover the Tennessee Titans, the professional NFL franchise in town, because we didn't have to, the radio station that I was working at before. We didn't have anybody. I, I, Dory I still Jackson remember. and Corey Davis's opening press conference. That's I, I a can't radio station. You, you, it's kind of like calling a Tennessee in a newspaper. It's like a newsletter wow. and a megaphone. Wow. Well, don't let him go down there. Huge uh, signal. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can remember you when you, you say that. I can remember you for about the first two months that you started I had no idea who you were you were the nicest guy you would always come in with a nice warm cup of coffee say hello to everybody the most polite guy I had no idea who you were or or what you were doing in there a lot of people come in and don't do the big introduction (laughs) around I can't imagine having walked into the Raiders press room my first day and not have gone around and right because I did, well, I, I'll tell you why. I mean, it's not an excuse. I was terrified. I had no idea what the hell, <laughs> how to suck do Suck it up. I did. And I did the job. And now I think I'm getting a little better at it. But there's still things that I'm learning. Um, but I was, I had no idea how to do this. And it's why I like talking to guys like you. Because you've been doing it for longer. And like I, like I tried to learn how to do the job by watching, I didn't have any journalistic training. The poli sci student in college is going to go to law school, but I'm not too. smart enough. Uh, and so I'm watching guys like you, how you do your job. And so I'm fascinated by the process. And of yet it. you've still succeeded. Uh, yeah. Barely. Barely. <laughs> we'll drag him down sooner or later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been so I like I like having you guys walk me through these things because I've I've tried to figure it out. And I don't think I think it's just it's crazy how much it's changed even since in the four years that I've started doing He says all that, Johnny. And then when he really needs advice, where's he going? <laughs> He's going to Rex, Rex Road. Rex Road. He's going to Rex Road. Yeah, but Rex Road, like, texts me, like... Are you eating your ve- vegetables? Like it's super. It's no, he doesn't more text fatherly, you. It's right? We're more creepy. brotherly. He doesn't yeah. text you. He puts that on Twitter to yeah. you. Yeah, it's no. Twitter, yeah, he, a he, picture of broccoli or a, a <laughs> gif of broccoli. It's what very, time did you get up today? It's very bizarre. Like I, I, Joe, I love you. You have three children of your own. It's okay. <laughs> no, let, you're his oldest. Let go and let God. You're uh, his oldest. Speaking of how how things have changed your job, the Logan Ryan show that is no longer going to exist. Eddie George now in the 11 o'clock hour every Tuesday. Pretty good Tuesday. replacement. Not the worst by any means, but the process... It's having a heck of a year. That, <laughs> Sorry, Chief. <laughs> the process that got you to there, that Logan canceled the show, that because of something that you wrote and you've explained the situation, anybody who wants to listen to the explanation in full can go check out the Midday 180 podcast. They put it up wherever it is you get your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. But the opinion of it, the opinion that goes into your job now, that goes into all of our jobs now, because we're expected to do many different things, be it podcast, be it talk radio, be it writing. How much of that affected the situation? Like, has that changed the dynamic that you have in particular with the talk radio show still trying to maintain objectivity as a journalist? Well, I think it changed it over the course of time. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, at ESPN. Because it's a different role. At ESPN, Absolutely. I became more of a, of a columnist slash analyst. I wasn't uh, a, a news guy so much. A I'm a blogger, John. I was a blogger right. at the beginning, There's for no, sure. That, that no longer carries stigma. The I, blogging bought me a house. Right. As I we sit in your basement uh, <laughs> room here for a, for a radio show. And like looking the at the too. guy's shed next yeah, door. Exactly. That shed is the most polite word. I never thought shed could be used so politely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, shed and mud. You know, so my role 
changed and and changed and changed some more. Um, you know, I think I've maintained a good relationship with the guys I need to maintain a good relationship with. You know, you'll have people over there tell me how disliked I am by the guys. And if that's the case, that's the case. I, I The relationship I have with them is functional, and that's fine. I'm not going out to dinner with anybody. I've never gone out to dinner. I went to dinner with Wycheck and his family at a Pro Bowl one time because my wife was there and his wife was there. And that's because you slept he in was, the same bungalow with him while was, you were out there in Hawaii. Uh, and he was being super nice. But, I mean, that's the degree of my social interaction with players. I don't aspire to have it. I don't want to have it. When other people have it, it makes me exceptionally uncomfortable and question how they operate. Um, but, but it so is, I don't know what the question is beyond that. No, really. but, but it is, there is a, a, uh, a fundamental There's, dilemma sometimes in our jobs in that we have to have – a day-to-day relationship with the players, with the coaches that that we cover. We can't, you know, well, there's a lot of fans out there who, who, you know, you hear from time to time, why don't you guys, you know, get up in so-and-so's face and ask him what the hell's going on? Why don't you scream at Vrabel as to what he was thinking? Again, we have to have a day-to-day relationship with these players. So, you know, we, we can't, you know, we can't take a, a, an enraged fan's approach every day uh, on the job it's it's just not going to work so that there's there's a line you you have to walk also in developing a relationship with players but also being able to criticize them whether it's in print or or on a radio or or on a on a podcast or whatever and that can be tough sometimes because you know one day you're uh, you're talking to taylor lewan you're you're joking around with him you're you're having a good time and the next day he's got four holding penalties and you're unloading on him you know, and and if you're Taylor Lewan, uh, you know the next day I come up to him in the locker room, I, I can understand. You know, uh, if he's going, you know, hey, who, who the heck are you? You know, we were just chumming around, we were just joking, and all of a sudden you you call me the worst lineman in the NFL or something like that. How am I expected to just you know drop that and and chat around, chat you know, chat you up again? So it's 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 a it's a line that that uh, that that is difficult to, to walk at times. And the good guys come to understand, like. I'm going to be here. You're going to be here. It's going to be an up and down thing where it's best served if if grudges aren't held. Um, and while we might, you know, it's 45 minutes at a time. Right. You know? And uh, that's just kind of how it operates. And you kind of got to uh, go with the flow. And so on the Logan Ryan thing, you know, I'm not too big a man to say that I don't I, I didn't handle it perfectly well. Um, and I'm sorry that out of saying that I didn't handle it perfectly well, I couldn't salvage, uh, what we had that, that made for, uh, I think a unique player show that was different than most of them, which are tend to be fluffy nonsense. That's I've not, heard a couple. Not better pretty than bad. your average, uh, average player show. And so, uh, that that's unfortunate. He said, you know, he'll treat me now like anybody else asking questions in the locker room. I haven't had occasion to talk to him um, like that since. And uh, my hope is that, that that'll be the case. Cause I think he's one of the best pros that I've covered in that locker room. One of the smartest guys. And right now he's certainly one of the best players on the team. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm going to need to ask him some questions uh, along the way. So, I hope I haven't put myself in an even worse position than that. The worst thing is that, you know, it was a good show for my show, and we're not able to offer that to our listeners. 
Uh, what would he have done, Johnny, if any of us wrote an apology column like he did? I suspect the reaction would have been harsh. Uh, and Johnny I, and I, I were talking about this on text, and he knows what kind of spot I wound up in. No, I know. A, and I, I, I kid because I love you. But I, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think uh, that there would have been an apologetic column uh, for for the situation that developed, had you not had a show with Logan Ryan, am I, am I correct there? Or well, is that... yeah, I was apologizing for something that happened out of the show, right? Right. And my hope was it would repair a relationship that took away the show. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, um, but yeah, and and then of course it expands too. I think because and you kind of went through this a little bit too. Some of the other players get, you know, a, a word or two of what happened. They're not exactly sure what went oh. down, but all they know is that maybe one of their teammates is is angry. And by God, if they're angry. if one of their teammates is angry at, at Paul, well, we all have to be angry at Paul, and and we all have to come up and and uh, and and tell him off, you know, no matter how much information we actually have, and. And that's a, uh, you know, that's a difficult situation, too. And then when I asked him the next day, did you see that I wrote a public apology to him? I go, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> that wasn't brought <laughs> no, to my attention, but the first one was. Didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, and somebody thought I was bragging about this on the show. I wasn't bragging about it. I was just illustrating the point. The number of people that read the post that created the conflict compared to the number of, number of people who read the apology, I mean, we're talking... 10 times as many people read the apology as read the initial post. Oh, without question. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm telling you number numbers. So, you know, I mean, I bit the bullet. Uh, I offered an apology, which I thought was the right thing to do. Far more people saw that and were made aware of the situation from that than had cause to have any issue with the initial thing. Cause they didn't see the initial thing. And that's, that's the fascinating thing about like what we do now, because the more access that you give people, be it to their favorite players or to a press conference or to like us as people who do this, like people are fascinated by that kind of dynamic. It's evidenced by the fact of how much more traffic you got on the apology post. They like inside baseball. They like inside baseball. And so, I mean, does that make you guys, is that, is that something that's changed? Like giving people that kind of access because you do in a little and Johnny you're a little more numerically driven on social media like I but I like to I like to engage people like I I mean you know I'm an idiot I should not behave the way on Twitter that I do but I enjoy engaging people in that regard and then as a result they want to know what I'm doing when the when the periscope show yeah sure pops on sure you're creating a brand in in that way but is that has that been uncomfortable for you guys at all because you're letting them have a little piece of you it's yeah and uh it's very interesting to me because you know way back in the dark ages when I you know, began in journalism when I began in this profession, there were, obviously there was no social media or anything like that. And that is one of the things that I really enjoyed most about the job. You know, our, our personalities are obviously different, but I liked the, the distance. You know, you could uh, write your story. You know, you, you were involved with the players and then you just let it go. You know, they're, they're, unless you got a, you know, a letter in the mail uh, eight days later from a screaming fan. That's that's all you were going to hear. I get so mad um, when I get real mail. And I, I never felt, I was a guy that never felt the need to, you know, throw out my opinions left and right or, you know, try to say this is the way I would run the team by God or, you know, I was more of a here's the facts, 
I'm going to present them to everybody. You decide what you want. And now more is required. You can't just do that anymore. There has to be a little bit more of an edge to your writing, uh, edge to your reporting. You can't just simply say, here it is. I'm turning it off. You guys take it away from here. And I'm still, you know, I'm nowhere near what you guys are in terms of diving in on the, you know, on, on Twitter. I and, that, and it's okay. You yeah, I know. Um, but you have, yeah, you definitely have to be more along those lines, far, far more engaged than, than you had to be. It suits you know, my personality, the engagement and stuff. But I did try to spend the month uh, before training camp started looking a lot less at my at mentions. We talked about this the last time you came on. And um, it does, I, I don't care what anybody says, if you're uh, constantly under some sort of attack by even a sliver of your followers, I don't care how tough you are, and I'm tough and I can take it and I dish it out, it wears on you to some degree. Can I curse on here? Yes. So Wright Thompson basically said, the great uh, ESPN writer, he basically, and he gave up Twitter. I don't know in how short an order, but he was saying to his friends, Seth Wickersham and somebody else amongst them, you're basically carrying around a small computer in your pocket, which enables people to consistently scream at you, fuck you. Yeah. Why would you choose to carry this around and have people constantly screaming at you Fuck you. Like, who would say, hey, give me a machine that allows people to constantly curse me out all the time? It's very Seinfeldian. Who's choosing to have this? Why? What sane person? What is up with this There's phone no that screams fuck you There's no reason that you should choose to consciously have this, willingly take this on. There's no way it's good for you. And he's right. Johnny got so scared to say fuck on the podcast. Uh, did you say it or not? It might have squeaked out. Say there. it. Yeah, yeah, good. My mother-in-law might be listening. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. I tried to get Vrabel to uh, to swear on my uh, Periscope no, no that I did shot. with him, and he, he wouldn't do it. Uh, he said, uh, you, will you be at practice tomorrow? I said, yeah. He said, watch me in the first five minutes. You'll get it. And sure enough, he was on the sled that somebody was was pushing. He goes, you think that's fucking hard? Come on, hit the sled. <laughs> and I was right there. I was taping. That seems like a an appropriate way to end this podcast. Especially since Johnny's flailing his arms, signaling to you that he's got to Literally go. giving work? me a What's this piece? Give us a preview mark. of this piece so we can decide and you, and if you it maybe, was worth you retiring from this excellent uh, podcast. Maybe quickly before you do, give out a, a promo code plug. Have you uh, met your requirements for the athletic promo code uh, Somebody's plug been this talking month. to Joe all about uh, the There you go. Yeah, we, we have different requirements. It's uh, It's been interesting. You know, when the, when the athletic first started out, it was very, you know, hands-off, very, hey, just do great stories, you know, every now and then, get back to us, no rush, no big deal, just make sure it's quality, and, and times have changed, uh, you know, and, and they're, I think they're doing a much better job of holding on to subscribers now because – they have quotas for the writers to do, uh, you know, for, for a beat writer such as myself, we have to give in, uh, you know, we have to write at least 15 to 20 stories per month 
for a columnist like Joe, it's probably 10 to 15 oh, stories wow. a month. Inside information. Um, well, not really. I think uh, you're going um, over your number. I told you that the other day. You need to slow yeah, down a little I'd bit. Rather, over. I'd rather, rather go In over. your old age, 62 is tough, John. 62 is really? not my age. We have an Ivy Leaguer who could Isn't not have my age. amazing that he's as old as he is, younger than he I. needs my lead to follow? A you would think full, the older guy would be the leader. Full decade than yeah, that. You guys deserve each and other. And any, any athletic endeavor that you wish to... Uh, compete with me against it always makes it a physical competition exactly because that's about age we've clearly advanced to the time where it's more about brains than brawn it was back to brawn it's been brains for you ever since you retired from the soccer competition like 12 years ago elbow pretty badly and then i had every year and then i had something called the child it was so which we know is not no adults with children are playing soccer now that's crazy i don't care to play anymore we got to get out of here before he takes a shot at your uh, at your ability virility. to produce. Yeah, well, I've already virility. done that. <laughs> I've already done that. What preview for us, Johnny? What you're yeah, writing what's this for theathletic.com? We've got a little, uh, you know, the athletic. We we enjoy from time to time taking a little bit of a uh, out of the box uh, approach it's to stories. Long wind up. Get to the story. Is this so, the uh, gift thing? Are you ditching us for the gift GIF. thing? The creator Ooh. says GIF. it's GIF. Are you no. ditching us for no. the GIF? No, thing? no, no. no. Um, but it's a little bit of an offbeat kind of story. Yeah, okay, the big windup. Louis um, Tion over here. What's the story? I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it uh, uh, tomorrow morning. You'll, 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 you'll enjoy oh, it. Oh, not giving A lot of people won't be listening to this until after the story's out. You can tell us. I'm not going to run well, home and write it. Well, then it wouldn't be a preview. It. I'm not going to run home and write it. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I got to leave something out there, Chief. I got to give a little tease. Yeah, but there's nothing out there. Um, yeah, it's nothing. Except that's it involves the recruiting. And the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans. Yawn. Um, I'll be writing a little bit Chief about will be the, working uh, for that one tomorrow. I'll be writing a little bit about how um, it's the season of backup quarterbacks. We thought that you were doomed if you didn't have a good backup quarterback. Uh, and we thought you were doomed even if you had a good backup quarterback. And all of a sudden, backup quarterbacks are lighting it up. Gardner Minshew's lighting it up. Allen's lighting it up. Bridgewater is 5-0. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater is 5-0. and All these guys have stepped in. Where we would have said all these teams are doomed as soon as they lost. But there have been some doomed teams some. as well. Yeah, but but you're but right. Not the a more, ton. more than way better than we ever would have had a right, right to expect. If Drew Brees went down, we would have said, "Up, oh, Saints are screwed. They're done." And now they're still a favorite to reach the yeah. NFC Championship game. And Luke Cam Falk. Newton is probably not get his job back. Now Luke Falk <laughs> is a different <laughs> a different deal. But the Jets suck, and the Jets are the Jets. Right. Uh, he's also them the up th- he's also good. the third yeah. string. Right. He is there and drafted um, by your John and Robinson. claimed by Miami Dolphins. Yeah. They wanted him. Quite there are some people that like Luke Fook. Quite. Oh, good. <laughs> Johnny, please. I can't stop saying Johnny's it. Johnny's so unnatural. He's on so, air. Uncomfortable. He's so uncomfortable. I can't stop saying it. This, what you're holding is a, it's called a microphone, and the electric waves go down okay, through yeah, that no, cord. So and get him out of the machine. rabbit hole. Get him out of the You can hole. check Paul Kaharski out at Paul Kaharski NFL on Twitter. The midday 180, 10 to 2 weekdays on 1045. The Zone, the Elsewhere with Paul Kaharski podcast, and the Paul Kaharski podcast that he does for Paul Kaharski. Dot com. I'm Wait recording turn, a Chief. very special edition of that tomorrow night with a guest people have been waiting to hear from for quite some time. That's how you do a tease, Johnny. At Glennon Sports and at The Athletic Nash for all of the fine work of John Glennon, of Adam Vingan, of Joe Rexroad. It is well worth the subscription, both sites, The Athletic and PaulKaharski.com. If you have money like uh, like Rising, you can subscribe right. away. And also, uh, Buck is also going to be starting tours 
uh, of we the understand shed. of the shed. Yeah, shack. we're going to be the Dog. first. You guys are Dog first. You ready? First. Yeah. Let's go. So we may not yeah. tour the shed. Yes. Tour the shed. <laughs> we may not come back. That being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you Thursday with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan, right here on the Six One Five Sessions podcast, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville. Your best com. episode ever by a mile.